I want to thank you for joining us today on Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're at the beginning of a sermon called How to Live a Life of Abounding Hope. And today I hope that God will meet you and give you hope in the way you need it today. Let's go to the Word. Today we're going to be looking at the topic of hope. The title of the message this morning is How to Live a Life of Abounding Hope. And one of the things that I find hope in is the next generation that God is raising up. And I thought it'd be really cool this morning uh, if we had uh, two of our students up here uh, read God's word to us. If you want to open your Bible with us uh, to Romans chapter 15, I'm going to invite Shelby and then Micah to read to us uh, together. Romans 15, 1 through 7. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you with one voice, that God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of our God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the people extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Let's acknowledge them for doing a great job reading God's word to us. Hope. Where do we find hope? How do we live with hope in a world that seems to be hope light or hopeless? I want to turn our attention. We've read this whole passage together. We're going to look at different sections of it this morning, but I want to draw our focus uh, to one verse, the final verse, verse 13. Again, after Paul has been talking about All of these truths going all the way through Romans, as he kind of concludes the main section, he says this. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Now again, verse 13 is at the end of a long section in Romans. Right after this verse, Paul will turn his attention to more personal matters, his desire to go to Spain. But as Paul is concluding this, I want you to just imagine a world where the book of Romans doesn't exist. Now, clearly, we could have all the, the message of salvation is in multiple books. It's, like we, it's not like the message of salvation would disappear. It wouldn't. And yet, Romans is perhaps the greatest articulation of gospel hope. 
The fact that we begin as sinners separated from a holy God and and then we come to realize that God loves the world and he sent his son as as the promised one, the Messiah, to deliver us from our sin, to be freed from our sin, to have renewed relationship with God, as chapter 5 says, to be at peace with God. And then, and then the, God, the God that has saved us continues to work in us, the sinful us, the sometimes hopeless us that gets lost in this world and instead of the next. And then in chapter 8, he continues by telling us that we are secure in this love, this salvation that God has given us, and he continues on. But what if we didn't have that? What if we didn't have that truth? Well, it would affect our hope. But the truth is, some of us, while having the book of Romans and having all of this truth in front of us, for whatever reason, either because we don't understand it, perhaps you're here today and you're, you're thinking through what is Christianity, why is it that Christians have hope or should have hope? Can I have hope? Or maybe you've been living as a believer for a period of time, but you don't feel like the hope is really growing. It's not abounding. It's kind of hope light. Well, that's where God's word, I believe, wants to speak to us. God wants to take us from a life without hope, without Christ, to a life of hope, to a life abounding with hope. And whether you're just coming to understand the gospel and coming to even understand what hope of renewed relationship with God and eternal life is all about, you're in the right place. And if you're discouraged today, maybe even despairing or light on hope, you're in the right place today. Let's look at this verse together. We're going to dig down in verse 13. This is a prayer at the end of this amazing book. And Paul begins by saying, may the God of hope. Now, before we get to praying about what God would give, the joy and peace, what does it mean that God is a a God of hope? What does that mean? Well, it could mean a couple different things, but what it's focusing on here in this text is that God is the source or giver of our hope. He's also the object of our hope that's not divorced from this concept. But the focus here in this prayer is that Paul wants the Romans to know that their source of hope, their um, the cause of hope, the giver of hope is God himself. And many of us attach hope to anticipation or expectation of better circumstances or a better day that we're looking forward to. Think about it for this for a moment. What was the most, maybe not the most, one of the most hopeful seasons in your life? If you think back to a particular period of time, time of hope in your life. Maybe it was about finishing college and And then having doors open and you were excited and you were full of anticipation of of after all of these 16 years in school, I finally get to pursue something. Or maybe it was a new opportunity in your career or maybe it was a new relational opportunity that was opening you've been waiting for. Anticipation, hope. 
But that's really not the greatest sense of where hope should be for really any of us. I want to give us three specific ways that we can grow in hope this morning. Here's the first one. The personal experience of abounding in hope comes from a deeper understanding of who God is. Again, sometimes we focus on a whole passage. Today we're drilling down on one particular verse. When it says that God is a God of hope, what does that mean to you? Have you experienced that? Has that reality changed who you are? Or is that something distant to you? A God of hope that is far away. Do you live like God is the source of your hope? That he is the giver of your hope? You see, when we think about this, if we're hopeless or hope light, it's directly connected to our understanding of who God is. You might think, well, no, 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 it's related to something in my family, or it's related to something, uh, a health issue, or it's related to a, a relational challenge that I'm going through. No, it doesn't. In the end, you can have hope in any situation if your hope is connected to God himself. I just said a minute ago that hope is connected to a deeper understanding of who God is. Maybe you're wondering, well, what do you mean by a deeper understanding of who God is? How do I deepen that? Well, the answer is actually in this text. It's what Shelby read a few minutes ago. If you look back a few verses, chapter 15, verse 4, Paul writes, for whatever is written or was written, that's really he's focusing on the Old Testament right now, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. The reason why God has given you this text Why God wants, and I hope that you are in this text on a regular, even daily basis, is so that you can find endurance and find encouragement so that you can walk in hope. Maybe you're like, well, hey, do you have an example of that? Well, Paul's writing to a church where there were Jews, Jews in Rome and Gentiles in Rome, and for Hundreds of years, the Jews were God's people, and everybody else were the outsiders. They were the pagans. They were the unclean people. Because of what Jesus has done, he he had given hope to the Gentiles that they could join in the people of God and become a united family in God. Now, that sounds and is easier said than done, right? If you've ever been a part of a f- two families coming together, it all looks great on the wedding day, and then the reality sets in two years later or three years later when we're trying to figure out who has which holiday and, and how, how all the family dynamics are going to work and how much different our families were than we realized. Well, the Gentiles are learning how to become part of the family of God. And even if this wasn't enough, the setting is already difficult. This is historically, this letter is written to Rome, the church in Rome, right as Nero is about to go from being a fairly competent 
a fairly competent emperor with Seneca the Younger uh, influencing him positively, his mother influencing him positively, and he's about ready to make a turn historically to become one of the most infamous despots in the history of emperors. He's going to persecute the church. So in this, the middle of this conflict relationally and coming together and trying to figure out how to come together as the family of God, a challenging setting around them, Paul encourages these Gentiles, this Gentile part of the family, right from God's word. In fact, it's just a couple of verses later, if you notice this, as Micah read, Paul goes back to the Old Testament to show the Gentiles in this church That God has always wanted them to be a part of the family of God. He writes in verse 9, therefore he quotes from 2 Samuel, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, and in him, the Gentiles. The really kind of cool thing, sub-note, sometimes we have our favorite passages in Scripture. How many of you have like a favorite, like four or five books of the Bible, and you like always go back there? We all do. We all do, right? You all want to tell me you read all the way through the Scriptures. I do too. Every verse and every chapter matters. It's all a part of God's Word to us to give us instruction, as Paul says. But there's, there's specific passages that we really like. What Paul does here with these four verses is he, the first verse he quotes is in 2 Samuel. The second verse he quotes is in Deuteronomy. The third verse he quotes is in the Psalms. And the last verse he quotes is in Isaiah. What he literally does for the Gentiles is he takes them to the four major sections of the Old Testament and shows them how throughout all of these major sections, God was preparing them to be a part of the family of God and to give them hope. He goes to 2 Samuel, the history books. He goes to Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch, or the first five books of the law. He goes to Psalms, the poetic books. And then he goes to Isaiah, the prophetic, to show them that God wants them to endure and be encouraged about being part of the family of God. Maybe that's what you need to hear today. Maybe just a little bit of application. Maybe you've kind of got away from reading God's word. And part of what God wants to do is to stir you up, to get back into his word, to find encouragement. God wants to give us a thread of hope as we go to his word. That's where we come to know who he is. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church in Columbus. You know, I pray that as you listen to Meeting with God daily, you are growing in your passion to follow Jesus Christ. But you know, following Jesus is more than just listening to sermons. It's about serving Him with our gifts and abilities. Hey, can I encourage you to think about what would be the next step of faith in serving Christ in your church or your community? And you know, if you don't have a church, let me invite you to visit our church family at 1290 Old Henderson Road in Columbus. Now, really, there's two ways that we come to understand who he is and grow deeper in our walk with him. One is through his word, but the second one is through our experience of him working in our lives. If you look back at verse 5 in this text, after he has just said that we 
um, find our encouragement through the scriptures and find our hope in that. In verse 5, he says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Pause there. The God who speaks to us in scripture also wants to work in every aspect of our lives, including the most difficult relationships. And what he's saying is, listen, the God who is hope, the God of hope, as we've read at the end, is also the God of encouragement. He is the God who is the source of encouragement in your life. Now, maybe you're discouraged today and you're like, I just can't seem to, to get, I keep getting flipped over by life and I can't seem to find which way is up. I want you to know that the God who loves you is looking down on you right now and he wants to be your source of encouragement. He wants you to be encouraged. Or maybe you're struggling through a difficult, ongoing, never-ending trial. And God wants to give you joy in that trial, but he's doing it as he gives you endurance, the ability to stay in and not to quit, to stay in for another day, for another week, to continue to endure and keep doing the right thing, even as you're getting pressure to do the wrong thing or you feel like taking an exit ramp and quitting. God is our source of encouragement. God is the giver of encouragement and endurance and hope. Through God's word and our experience of him at work in our relationships, in our real day-to-day lives, we come to depend on him and understand him and deepen our relationship with him. The personal God who is personally interested in giving you hope, not a hope that is in things, but a hope that is personal. And maybe if you're thinking, well, my hope, Pastor, is kind of weak today. It's, I don't feel like, I don't feel like God is encouraging me. I feel like my, my circumstances are dominating my thinking. Maybe what you need to pause and think is, do you find your satisfaction and your greatest joy in circumstances in things, in hopes and dreams? Or is your greatest hope in relationship with God? Because as long as our hope is anchored or is the trajectory of our hope is for things or people or other things, dreams, all of that, if our hope is on these things, if our, our eyes are on these things, we have something that can never fully satisfied is only in relationship with God himself that we can have lasting hope. Inevitably, we will face trials and all manner of difficulty. I was listening to a podcast about a probably the most famous Reformed theologian over the last century, a man named Cornelius Van Til. And a young man who developed a relationship with him and um, was mentored by him, commented that as Cornelius Van Til retired, 
He became known as the, just in the neighborhood, as the man that always wanted to talk about Jesus. Here is a man who explained great philosophical realities and, and drew people toward deep thoughts about Jesus Christ. And yet he was the man known just to go around the neighborhood and tell people about Jesus, how Jesus loved them. But as his life moved toward the end and he was on his deathbed, as he was awaiting his moment to be in the presence of God, he simply had a man come in and read him the book of Revelation. You see, Cornelius Van Til, for all of his great thoughts and incredible philosophical discussions, when it all boiled down, when it all boiled down, his heart was set on a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And the hope that comes through the scriptures. The hope of what is coming around the corner as we spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Let me give you a second way that we can personally experience abounding in hope. That is this. Personal experience of abounding in hope comes from pursuing a full life. Full of divine graces and personal trust. So let me ask you this question. What is your definition of a full life. We all have different ideas of what that would look like, and I'm talking about in a good way. For the extrovert in this room, your idea of a full life is nonstop party, people, and more activities, and go home just in time to go to sleep to wake up for more activities and more people, and hey, it's a holiday weekend. We should be with people, not 24-7, but eh, 18-7. Right? And then there's the introverts who are like, you know, my idea of a full life is uh, some moderate experience of people and activity, but some time alone to think and reflect and read. And whatever your picture of the full life is, the experience of whatever that full life is, you can have that, you can live it for a period of time, and yet you can be just as empty if that, quote, full life is empty of God. What is life at the fullest? Life to the fullest is actually a divine human cooperative project, according to verse 13. If you notice back in the text, back in Romans 15, verse 13, he says, Now may the God of hope, the God who is the source of hope, who is the object of hope, May the God of hope fill you, Paul prays, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Let's look at each word here. Fill you with all joy. Paul prays for God to fill the Christians at Rome with a joy. Now, what is joy? Is joy about smiling? Is it about happiness? Is it about a good vibe and a good feeling? How do I live with joy all the time? What does joy even look like? I remember a definition that someone shared with me. It probably was almost 20 years ago. This is his definition of joy. Joy is a supernatural delight in the person of God, the people of God, and the purposes of God. It's a supernatural delight. It's something that only God can give. Think about this. A delight in the person of God. We've just talked about that a minute ago. 
Not just knowing that God is a God of hope, but rejoicing in the God of hope and encouragement and endurance. But then the people of God. Now that's when we kind of hit pause. God, you want me to have a delight in your people? I mean, I like them some of the time, but some of the time they're difficult to deal with. You see, the thing about joy is that it's a supernatural delight. You see, I can delight in someone who's giving me a hard time because I see that God is at work in them. and That God is slowly changing them and someday that they're going to be in the presence of God and be perfected in every way. I can have a supernatural delight even in a difficult relational situation because people are also having to have that same experience with me, right? Sometimes I'm difficult. I love what Trilla Newbell, she wrote a quote. I'm going to read this to you. She's a part of the Gospel Coalition, and she said this, One day soon, soon and very soon, we will no longer experience fractured relationships, gossip and slander, and other relational pain. We will be with our King. We will worship together. Sin will cease to exist. We wait. And as we wait, every loving word, reconciled relationship, joyful experience of fellowship, church gathering, breaking bread over a meal, and singing together is a taste of eternity. And that's what gives us joy. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. We hope you were encouraged in your own relationship with Jesus Christ today. If you would like to hear other messages from Pastor Luke Aarons, please subscribe to our Vertical Church Columbus podcast. There you will find an extensive collection of sermons from Vertical Church worship services and other unique content from Pastor Luke, which will enrich your faith and point you to Christ. You can find the podcast by searching Vertical Church Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. As always, we hope you'll join us here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.